FBI-involved shootout on the streets of Canarsie Saturday. Video shows ambulances and police everywhere. Once upon a time in Canarsie, my name's Billy, I grew up with Sharks beat. Once upon a time in Canarsie, my name's Billy, I grew up with Sharks beat. For a diamond ring, retrieves the survivor of the projects to die king. And even more humble than that, just to buy a crib. I can remember always wanting that when I was a kid. Places where I always lived in the projects. But she died, my uncle had with you, Harry and her apartment. It was cool at first, the OG Tony moved in. A hell's age of the great guy who used temperament. Used to sell me in my friends, butterfly knives and nunchucks. Switch blades and fireworks for a quick buck. But just as quick as he appeared, he was gone, found him dead. And how we support him with the syringe in his arm. Around the same time, crack was the new drug. My uncle's new love. Within a month, he was the new drug. Until the 99 and out, shooting dope while cooking coke. The stove top exploded, took him from the smoke. It flames everywhere, and he heard the fire trucks. Back confusion situation, still high as fuck. Six story window, seen a firefighter climbing up. Pointing to the trampoline below, saying time to jump. Once upon a time in Canarsie, my name's Billy, I grew up with a short speed. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, yo, we were just talking about um that new Jordan Peele movie. I don't know if you give a fuck about him at all. Oh uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um any interest in watching the movie Nope? Um, I do actually. Um my girl was kind of talking about it. I didn't know what she was talking about at first. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, Yeah, then she kind of showed me. I was like, okay, yeah. I don't know, it looks cool. I have my complaints. I mean, there's things that are kind of like some things he does, I'm like, that's cool. Some things I kind of find a little cheesy at, at parts, but it's watchable. I think all his stuff is kind of watchable, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, like, I watched it yesterday, so I'm not even going to really get into it, but it was just like, uh, I, I'm like, it's cool that dudes like that exist because it, there's a bunch of shit, <laughs> shit directors and, and they make shit movies. And this guy makes like a really cool visual movie, whether or not I, I liked it or not. I'm not even going to get into it, <laughs> you know, but it's well, just he, like, well, he cares. I mean, you know, at the, end of, at the end of the day, you can tell he cares. It's not like something he's like, oh, I have an idea for something. And he just kind of throws it together on a canvas and doesn't really mm. care. You yeah, can tell right. he cares. You can tell he has a love for what he's doing. You oh, know? without without a doubt, without a doubt. So, yeah. um. Yo, welcome back. Uh, you know, thanks for chopping it up with us, uh, Mr. Lord Goat. You know, this is like you're 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 basically our Jim J. Bullock at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm waiting many years in my adult life for that comparison. Yeah, you're you're the <laughs> center doesn't. you're the center square today. So. <laughs> I can't say it feeds my ego right now, but I might feel differently about that later. You know. <laughs> Um, and, and besides that, not to interrupt you, did you know that, um, <laughs> Lydia Cornell, Lydia Cornell was all about Jim J. Bullock and she said that she had a crush on him the whole time. No, so, no, yeah, no. Sarah, Sarah was in love with Jim J. That's really? funny. That's, yeah. that's... No, nothing clued her in all that time working with him that it wasn't going to no. be reciprocal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. Was she that... got the shit Gator. What, was, there, was her second crush Richard Simmons? I mean, it might as well have been. You know? <laughs> but um, I mean, we're really missing. Actually, in, in reality, we're really missing Jim Jay for this 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 conversation. 
you know what? He's got to be available, right? <laughs> available. I think we can get him. <laughs> I don't I mean, think... that's my that's my personal plea to you. Is there any way we can repeat this with Jim J? Or I don't. I, I, am I crazy for thinking he's dead? <laughs> like I don't know. Is there? You're not crazy. He's alive, dude. He's he's got to be alive. He's very well alive, dude. Oh, I thought he was. Well, I he's never been better. Shout out for you know what? Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe the next. <laughs> The next appearance. Yo, Hollywood Squares was fucking amazing. I didn't yeah. like I just like it was just like just chock full of like the most sea level like celebrities ever that were just like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. And the worst jokes, like ri- the most hack jokes, like Bruce Valanche writing jokes for everybody. Worst, <laughs> but look at the match game. When you look at garbage like that and all like just in general, like 70s. Like, uh, you know, either talk shows or game shows, it's all garbage. Like, the third level uh, garbage uh, personalities were amazing. Like, you know, Phyllis Diller wannabes. Hell yeah. The match game. uh, I mean, Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah. Shout out to Gene Rayburn's, like, Mike, though. Yeah. On the match game, he had that long stick and shit with the little ball. Nobody else had that. He was a creep, dude. <laughs> but hold on, I saw you know Bob Barker did have that long ass mic too though. He did. He did. He had, did he? Had, died, died. Yeah, he did, and he was definitely all. No, actually, who was it? Richard Dawson was the one that was like groping. He out. was total creep. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was straight up feeling up people about. when he met him. You know. Yeah. He, he was knuckle dunking contestants. Man, I woman, mean, it didn't even matter back then, you know. And then there's he a was, documentary about Richard Dawson that needs to be made. Yeah, yeah. question. I got questions. It wouldn't be pretty either. Where's, where, <laughs> where's Hannibal? Imagine the audacity. Imagine a game show host now that walks up to every contestant <laughs> and kisses them forcefully on the lips. No, totally. Where's Hannibal Burris when you need him on this one? Yeah. We we need we need we need him and uh, Roman Farrow uh, on on this case. But uh, he didn't know, give a fuck what they look like either or the age. Right. He was right. straight up tongue bathed them. Yeah, like the where's the beef lady was definitely getting tongued if she she was in there. They all got it. He oh, didn't give a fuck. <laughs> and now Steve Harvey took over the um, the empire. Yes. Well, yeah. that that's funny because he passes himself off as like this like church dude, and like every every clip on Instagram is like uh, you know what's another word for cunt. Right. You know, it's like right. They make right. It's 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 basically become grotesque because you know, <laughs> in like media and television, there's not one actually nice place you could ever go to for anything wholesome. So they yeah. made sure that family feud with all the anal innuendos going on, that they made sure to just make that a dumpster. You know? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and of course Steve Harvey's a man of the church. I know. Yeah, so now you is. turn around and he has like five hundred and ten million. Yeah, so no. And and like every sound, like my friends send me shit on Instagram, and it's like it's just hilarious. Like uh, just the, the sound bites because they're so. I mean, at this point, no one even cares, which is great. So, but shout out to like I said, Richard Dawson, the motherfucker ended up in the Running Man with Schwarzenegger oh, yeah. and, and Maria Conchita Alonso when she was she was the hottest chick for like two years. Her there and in colors, <laughs> you were like, you know, she she was Selma Hayek before Selma Hayek. So I want to shout out. But uh, and Elizabeth Pena, she was up in the mix there. She was, yeah, so, Elizabeth Pena. She, she, she had a moment. She had uh she was in Batteries Not Included. Was she in? There? Yeah. yeah, she was yeah. in her, Jacob's her Ladder too, Jacob's right? Her, yeah. her, her mother, what? Jacob's Ladder. She had a moment yeah. there. Elizabeth Pena. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about uh, 
celebrity crushes on on another episode. I think she definitely would have gotten it for sure. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yo, uh, welcome back, Langan, who had COVID. Are you well, feeling good? The best COVID. Yeah, I did the best. best. Um, yeah, I'm a little tired sometimes still doing like weird, like get out of the shower and dry myself. I'll be get out of breath, which is kind of yeah. odd, even though I'm almost 50 and that might have happened anyway. I can't tell if it's because yeah. of COVID. But I figure I'm going to ride that out. And like if I'm at work or whatever, I'm like, yo, I got that long COVID, man. I just can't stay. I got to go home, you know. I wonder how long I could do that. Like you look, you look like a, like a, uh, you know, like you're in, in great shape compared to me at the moment. So, but, um, yo, so a couple of weeks ago, I was supposed to link up with, with, uh, Mr. Goat and we were going to go check out your son's band. And I, like, I always wanted to ask you, you know, your son's in a band called secret tapes. They're fucking fantastic. Um, and they're kind of like an indie rock band. So like how, how much of a trip is it? for a guy like you that your whole life is very much revolved around music like all of us to like now see your fucking grown ass son playing music in front of you man it's it's definitely heavy dude it's it's a heavy trip um i don't take it for granted i think it's awesome um yeah. you know i never i never you know i never put on morbid angel cd's with headphones and made them listen to extreme stuff that i was listening to so it wasn't really you know, oh, you have to listen to that, or you know. So I think maybe conscientiously, maybe he just moved towards that, where it's like almost a nice pop sensibility in a sense, where it's like I don't, you know, I, I love pop music. I think it's great. So it's more of a trip for me in a sense, where it's like, you know, when he was young and stuff, you know, he knew all the members of Kiss by the time he was like, you know, three or four and that kind of stuff. But I never pushed the extreme stuff on him because I think I just wanted him why not have a sense of melody? You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to, you know, I like melody too, but you know, um, you wanted to give him a, a fighting chance, basically. Exactly. <laughs> give him a fighting chance of life. So it's like, I mean, I'm like such a fucking ghoul when it comes to being, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like the equivalent to like spaz or some obscure band, like, yeah. you know, and like some footnote where it's like, it's cool to take that route. It's like, cool, man. Cause it's like, honestly, I don't, you know, I don't know if I, have the balls to go up there and bear my soul yeah. and sin because that's a different that's like a different animal than going up there and just being angry or screaming about you know cold cuts dinners jewelry you know drug dealing and all this crime stuff and all the fun stuff but singing is different so it's kind of like you know i'm like okay that's awesome because you're bearing a different part of your soul with people and you're connecting with people on a different level you know so it's yeah. sort of like opposites but it's still a trip, you know, any show for me is still bugged out, you know, it's like, besides feeling fucking ancient, you know, it's like, you know, it's cool because they're developing their little, you know, their little seeds of like, you know, fans and stuff and people actually buying merch and, you know, dudes bringing their chicks, like, check it out, so I'm like, all right, there's a little scene uh, burgeoning, so that's cool to me. You know, any, I wouldn't any, expect them to get up and, and play Napalm Death, you know? Yeah, <laughs> this next song is called Scum. Um, so, like, did anyone there basically? Are there any like nonfiction fans that you've met at the shows, or is it just like a whole different generation? It's kind of like, um, I don't know, if it's, it's, I mean, it could be a little of that, but I think it's just more the location and like just the event itself, where it's like, uh, I think maybe once, and you yeah. know, there's people that that were like that are like his friends that know that like the music, but it's not like I would go there. It would probably be more like if it was a peer of mine, 
if I went to like an like if I went to an I Hate God show, like and I'm with Mike, yeah. that's more that's more where people would say, oh shit, like you know, what are you doing here, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, I'm in Long Island at like some bar, like some obscure spot. I might get a look, you know, but it's never really like, oh, you might be that guy. It's just like, you know, which is yeah. cool with me. I either or, but. Um, yeah, a place like that, not really where it's just like little bars. I think it's different. I think the kids that like that music are just like yeah. that kind of, yeah, it's like indie. It's got, you know, some of it's uh, even it's, more melodic, you know, it, more it's, melodic. It's a, it's a complete different trip, like for sure. Like his son plays like, I mean, like almost like Death Cab for Cutie type fucking style. Mm. You right. know, like where exactly. it's like right. very, like way more left field. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that that's a trip. I I shout out to to his band, and hopefully, actually, we'll we'll play a show together soon. So, but um, yeah, yo, awesome, listen, we were talking, and you sent me, you told me uh, about the stadium tour, and we all kind of agree that Poison seems to be the band that's mopping up the floor with everyone. I mean, Joan yeah. Jess does her thing. Uh, Def Leppard has on. I haven't off seen any clips of Def Leppard. Yeah, I, I yeah. have. It's it's okay. It's 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 not like it, it's not bad, but for some reason, just are they boys... churning out? Are they playing the hits though? Because I know they got a new record out. Are they doing that they're thing? The hits, they they're playing the hits. Shoving the hits. that down it. If you want to call it playing, but they're they're there. You know, <laughs> I, you know it, is, I, think, I think I think with the stadium thing, I think like Sam was saying, but I think I might be just too like forceful about what I think is right and wrong with these situations because. You know, it's a circus out there, dude. And like the shit I've seen is hilarious. I, you know, you talk about a cash grab. I mean, we've all seen stadium shows where it's a cash grab and like, you know yeah. why they're doing it with unions and stuff. But by far, this was the most embarrassing one I've seen. Well, for, you know? for crew, for the crew, because like regardless, like I feel like I, I feel like at this point, Vince Neil is almost like Glass Joe. <laughs> Glass Joe from Mike Tyson's punch out. Like it's, he kind of right. yeah, like you see him, he's like working out with like the big fat he, black dude. Before the pandemic, he was atrocious, right? And they announced <laughs> this tour. Yeah, you can say that. They yeah. announced this tour, and right. we knew it was gonna be bad. And then he had two and a half years to get ready Jackpot. for it, and he Jackpot. still did nothing. So he you knew zero. like this is gonna be horrible. Do you know what he did? He got a minor <laughs> facelift for the show. That helped. That helped so, his breath control. Listen, listen, I might be too passionate about shit because unfortunately with shit like this, I still feel the same way about certain things when I was nine or 10. And when I was nine or 10, I, I spoke the exact same way. Like I, you know, I studied up on all my shit back then. So I, it's, it's to me, it's like, yeah, time has changed, but it's like, listen, this guy's never paid a bill. He's never had a problem in his life since 1983. Let's yeah. be honest you know, at the Shout at the Devil tour, he came home with $3 million. Jeez. So this guy yeah. has no idea of what reality really is. So he's been cruising through life. Listen, I know he lost his daughter. It's a nightmare. But that was also... And he killed the guy. It, oh, exactly. No surprise <laughs> about the other people. It's 27 years ago. He destroyed Hanoi Rocks. Another band killed him. Cool. Um, this is a mockery, dude, because you had yeah. two and a half years, even after all the bad press he was getting, saying, listen, you don't have to look like Brett Michaels to perform, yeah. right. but you have to be at a performing level because if you're employed and you have a job to do, you have to be, if you're a fireman, you have to go out and be able to do the job. And yeah. you're making one penny compared to what this piece of garbage is making, considering <laughs> he's getting fatter and fatter. I think he's gotten fatter. Yeah. 
You know what? He's got 0.0 respect for himself. Because he was like the biggest joke on YouTube with the dude, subtitles dude, on the dude, him dude, singing. You couldn't see anything because he, he couldn't even mouth the words. In 10 videos, it's a complete mockery. You yeah. would think one of his friends would say, hey, dude, I'm going to help you. Because all he had to do was just have some guy get him out of bed. Hey, dude, you got work to do. You're going to do this for an hour a day. Right. It's not that hard. I mean, in reality, the guy wasn't 320 pounds. I mean... He, you know, it, I don't, I just don't understand it. It, it because he didn't stop drinking, which is offensive yeah. because you can tell he may be instead of 10 beers a day, he's doing three. Yeah. Yo, it's, it's not living clean. It's just How much would you love to be a fly on the wall of band meetings in this last two and a half years with like Nikki six, who seems to run the ship, you know, like what? being like, dude, he what are you could, doing? What the he, fuck are you doing? He couldn't. It's like a going into a board meeting and the three guys that are responsible for the millions is like Vince Neal, Mick Mars and Tommy Lee. And all three of them are probably like, you're like, this is the ship that I have to to, to steer. So, like, I right. get it. <laughs> you Mick know, Mars is probably what am this I doing? Like, what am I ship. doing? Look at this broke down, disgraceful ship. Okay, Nick <laughs> Mars is seventy five. He can't at, even at hold least. the guitar. Yeah, Mick's yeah. not even Mick's not even playing rhythm on most of those tracks. What Mick is doing, I notice, is he's nailing his solos, which is great. Right. But he's not playing rhythm. Yeah. Nicky has never looked more miserable in his life. Yeah. It's like even in the, even like oh seven oh six all of that, he was faking it, but he was doing really good. This guy now. He's not even hiding the misery. Like <laughs> this guy break this guy Tommy breaks 10 ribs. I know. Yes. Out of nowhere. Because because he couldn't perform a full set. What was the story that came out with that? That he fell down the stairs. Is that what they went with? Yeah, he fell down the stairs. Like oh, he, I he thought he was trying to suck his own dick, got ribs. That's what I thought that he oh, removed yeah. them. You know, and then, then he, he might not have to remove that many out. ribs. <laughs> well, he's used to that, yeah. <laughs> Well, listen. But this I, has to be it, though, right? Like after this, this they this can't possibly put something out like listen, together. Listen, if Vince, if Vince could lose seventy-two pounds, it's on. <laughs> but it, it's just amazing because you, like, <laughs> even me, like, I genuinely was like, okay, he's going to just get his shit together, and you go out there, and I, I feel like in a way, like that's why Brett Michaels is like, fuck it, man, like I'm getting my dick sucked on a tour bus because uh, dude, it never stopped for those guys. Yeah, never. Brett yeah. never got Brett never got fat and swollen. Yeah, at, like this guy. I mean, the yeah. band itself, Poison itself, had issues, but when it came time to make money and be correct. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of people that are like, hey, listen, I just spent three hundred and sixty dollars each for me and my wife to go see these guys. Def Leppard were acting like they were one hundred and twenty and Motley Crue using backing tapes and completely fucking up the whole set. They didn't even try to do it. You know, people pay thousands of dollars, you know, when these guys haven't seen a bill since 83. I mean, it's so disrespectful. It is. It is kind of insane when you think of like the price and like what people are doing, because Kiss does the same thing. So I'm going to mention another one. So, you know, we have been going to shows forever. All of us combined total of probably like 250 years. Um, And I remember going to see Guns N' Roses last year and I was just blown away. First of all, there were free tickets before anyone gets offended. Um, They were free tickets. We went to the Hard Rock Casino. And I'm watching this band perform and it's so bad that it sounds like a like a laugh track thing on YouTube. Like, it's just bad. Like, it's so fucking bad. Yet everyone there except me and maybe like whoever else were like, 
like they were all loving it. Like they're listening to this 13 minute version of knocking on heaven's door. And they're just like, it sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like, at what point do people stop showing up? I get, I I don't know because like Axel sounds so always be somebody people wants to buy the ticket to relive that something, you know, that spark from their youth or whatever. Like, They'll always sell a ticket. I think, well, I that's think the it, entertainment business. Exactly what you're talking about is the direct split between music and commerce. Because musically, a lot of these bands, it's a joke. But that guy who became a lawyer right after Shout at the Devil came out, that lawyer is now 58. He's on a boat somewhere, you know, off, you know, off Africa, like where they filmed Lost. And he puts on his headphones. He has no other connection to anything. But he loved Motley Crue, so he'll go yeah. see them. You're right. Because he got, you know, three blowjobs in 83 yeah. when he was doing Pounds of Coke. Great. You're right. right. So those guys, I mean, that's the secret to entertainment because yeah. all those big acts, whenever pulling in new people generally, you're bringing in, you know, people from a different time. You're bringing in people that grew up in the 60s, early 70s. So you're always sure. going to have that, which is mm-hmm. sort of how bands kind of like pray on audiences in a sense where it's like, you know, it, you guys should not be performing. Right. You're getting your last cash grab because you know, you want to relive something in 80 from 82, which yeah. is, is normal is normal for everybody. For it's, sure. It's, and then the it, last stop before the graveyard is the state fair circuit. <laughs> the state fair. Cool. Listen, poison with some poison never stopped doing that. Yeah. Which is why, see, which is why hair real. Out, exactly. But they come out now and they make a mockery of those other guys. They yeah. come out first, and they come out doing that thing. They can still move, and they actually mm-hmm. look like they're really enjoying themselves. Definitely. Whereas and- Def Leppard, Joe Elliott, Joe Elliott should be fined, <laughs> like what he's trying to do, singing every night. He should. <laughs> they should be getting fined. It, 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 it's, I mean, Rick Allen. Listen, God bless him. Yeah. Those don't sound like drum beats to me. Sometimes I'm sorry. It don't. It's not. Whatever's going on there is not working. The backing tracks are pretty mm-hmm. horrific. And even songs like, you know, the classics like Rock of Ages or Fallen, it's very awkward. It's slow. Yeah. It, slow, it yeah. It, it's like they physically can't play fast. It's like asking like Charlie from Anthrax to play Indians at like a normal speed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's right. not happening. Yeah, that makes it's sense. Not, yeah, I, I, I mentioned real quick, CeCe's hair, that's a wig, right? Is that real? It doesn't look right to me. It don't look like it's real. I know what you're saying. I just think it's real because the guy's just been partying, like doing a lot of drugs. I yeah. see, listen, listen. I've seen a picture of him. It looks where he's real. not wearing the hat. Yeah. It looks kind of real, but yeah. I know what you're saying. Shout out I thought to- that shit was like extensions or a weave or something. Shout out to- it is, it's probably 12 grand. Shout out know. to Brooklyn Bruce, for sure. But- wow, Brooklyn <laughs> Bruce. Yo, dude, I left a comment on, on, on the page. I was like, listen, whatever Bruce does, we got no problems with. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that's Brooklyn's son right there. And shout out yeah. to Bobby Doll for consistently always wearing a poison shirt on stage. <laughs> like, that's gangster, bro. You know, it's just like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to rock this shit, you know? Almost like he didn't know what else to wear. Like, <laughs> yeah. But um, model it. so it, it, in, in the lyric, I, it's always, you know, like, listen, I've heard the song Rock Stars from uh, nonfiction a zillion times, but it is, is the line is like uh, Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee called, he said the Coke's arriving at six. Is that the line? Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. 
perfect. Yeah, I love that. So what do you remember about making that rock star video? Because it was like in the heart of New York, man. You had everyone from like Q Unique to like Beat Nuts. Like everyone was in that video. And of course, like Premiere, man. So like what was like a memory you have to uh, attach to that video? Um, I remember doing it. And, and when we got together that morning, to be honest with you, we really didn't know what we were going to do. You know, it was like we had one idea to do something outside my building in the projects, but like they were doing like construction or something. So <laughs> yes. we they were doing something. I don't remember exactly. So we decided to move everything to the city and uh, we just like went to different parks and we were just kind of messing around and setting up and we wanted to get as many creeps and, you know, low lifes and, and ghouls as possible with a limited budget. We really had a zero budget. You can tell. I mean, you know, personally today, I don't really like the quality. It looks kind of crappy, but, you know, at the time it was cool, I guess. Um, what's interesting is Tommy Lee, when when he was doing that MTV thing, like remember when he he did that thing where he like went back to college? Yes. Oh, yeah. That was that was that, that was, was on, on NBC. NBC. Yeah, yeah. NBC. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so a friend of mine, <laughs> which is so very bad. cheap, very cheap, a friend of mine from Nebraska who moved to Nebraska from Brooklyn was there. And he was just like, you know, he's like smoking weed. He sees Tommy Lee literally walk past him with a knapsack on. So he's like, yo, dudes, like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. Like, I don't like what what's going on? And Tommy's like, oh, dude, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm filming. Some, you know, Tommy's cool enough to usually stop. And he would talk yeah. to people. So my boy is like, that. that's heavy. So then he, he was my boy was smart enough to say, Tommy, he's like, hey, man, he's like, you ever you ever heard of this group? Uh. And he was smart enough to say this rap metal group, which kind oh, of made Oh, yes, think, yes. They're called nonfiction. And uh, one of those guys mentioned you in the song. He's like, really, dude? He's like, yo, I've heard of them, but it's familiar, but I haven't heard the song, but I've heard the name. He's like, oh, it's sick, dude. So he's heard, he claims he knew who we were. But... That is so cool, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was sick. But uh, yeah, That's... man, I mean, you know, it would have been nice to, to, to uh, you know, get Tommy that package of, of white, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you should have. Yeah, totally, man. That guy could have been his plug out there for sure. And yeah. and he, he would have seen the away, the away fucking artwork and he would have been like, oh, my God. I don't Ooh. think Tommy knows who they are, but. Oh, that's true. All right. Yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. good point. No, you're giving him. I see where you're going, but I think you're giving him way too I much way. <laughs> I don't oh. think Tommy recognizes the poison logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably not at this point. Speaking away and only, Boyba, only the method of the new uh, Boybod record that came out this year. Uh, it's, it's pretty sick. It's pretty it sick. Is that, yeah. It's pretty sick. I like when they go back to the old stuff and they had that. They got that guy. That he's not new anymore, but that guy really pays a lot of respect to Piggy and like Piggy mm -hmm. Styles. When he writes songs in that vein, yeah. it sounds good. Sick. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like it too. Um, what about and you got a oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna like bring up like the, the Pantera reunion and what we think about mm. it. Um, me personally, like, listen, I know like Pantera get a lot of shit sometimes, uh, because they are a pretty easy target for a lot of things. But when I hear when I when I hear vulgar display of power and I hear, um, you know, uh, Southern Train Kill. Um, those records are pretty fucking heavy. So, I mean, me personally, like, I don't want to see Rex and fucking Phil do a Pantera set. I just don't because it's just not. It's not going to be what I remember it being. But it's I, awkward. 
but I get it. Like if you want to do, you know, it's like it's like if any one of us had a band and it was just like me and some other dude that are left, like it's like if I want to do a band, I'm gonna fucking do a band. Yeah. And you have two options, go or don't go. So um right. I, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel I feel a bunch of different ways, but mainly the first thing that sticks out to me is it's really disrespectful. It's it's disrespectful to me because it's not like the group, you know, just broke apart because some asshole yeah. singer wanted royalties or the singer was in a situation where like, let's not cut, let's not, you know, he helped in getting his guitar player assassinated. He was part and parcel in putting the word out. When you see that dude, hit him. There's a hit out for this dude on the streets. So when you put a hit out on the streets for your singer, it's not going to come back good because you sold 3 million copies. When you sell 3 million copies of a record, you're now dealing with the psychology of, of America and, and just, just actual strangers. You're in, you're in the mind's eye. You're right in there. You're right in the, in the, in the cut. So the fact that he did that, which was shocking to me because I saw the issue of metal hammer. He, he did that in, you know, so this guy gets assassinated his poor brother has to watch that. Yeah, that's that's a heavy you know, shit. And, and this guy lived another six years, kind of floating by, suicidal. This guy didn't even want to live. This guy, Vinny, was a multi-millionaire and didn't give a shit about his money. He wasn't into strippers anymore or sex. He was done and dead a long time ago. Yeah. So now these two brothers are dead. And somebody wants to go out and work and do that. Because they could each make eight hundred grand. I mean, I don't. I find it extremely grotesque. You know, me, me personally, because I'm also not a fan of the players involved. Because one guy that's involved is a drummer that can't play anymore. You think so? so? Yeah, I know he can't Charlie? play anymore. Yeah, Charlie's finished. Yeah, he can't play Anthrax songs. So if you can't play Anthrax songs at full tempo using both of your feet without a trigger. How are you going to play Pantera songs with a smile and then want to collect that million dollar paycheck because Anthrax is finished? You know, Zach, Zach's been a mummy for years. Zach will, you know, God bless him. But, you know, no offense, the alcohol kind of like wasted him a bit, you know. So uh, you're thinking you want to do a Pantera union. It's like, I mean, listen, you know, I hate to be Mr. Negative, but I might not be the guy to ask about. I, 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 do you I, think it makes the difference if, say, Rex and, and, and Phil go out and it's not called Pantera? Does that right. make a difference? It's it called difference. something else or a it tribute a, to? or It yeah. makes a difference because it's not a direct sign you're that right. you're, you're pissing on this guy's grave. Mm. It's saying, OK, you know, let's uh, uh, you know, let's go out called let's call it Vulgar Display. Right. And just go out and just do the songs. Right. Nice and quiet. Don't don't say anything about Pantera. Mm -hmm. That's a little more respectable. You know what? That, right. that That's a really good angle, because I guess at the end of the day, like the fans all, are also a big part of a band. Um, and I guess the, the the I guess. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that's a good angle. And and why call it Pantera when you don't have to just be like, like yeah, why do you it. like why do you need the guarantee? Why are you so worried about the financial guarantee? to call it Pantera. What are you worried about? Yeah. You shouldn't really worry about it. Phil's worried because his royalties are dwindling now. Nobody really gives a shit about down to sell five. Like they're not going to sell 500, 
thousand records of an album anymore. The first right. album went gold. He doesn't have any other bands that produce money. So if he's sitting on two, three million dollars, he's like, well, I can get five million dollars in a year. But at what cost? He wasn't even allowed at the funeral. Listen, at the end of the day, I just want to ask you this. What is the best Corrosion of Conformity album? That's what I want to know. I mean, Animosity. That's great. Cool. I feel like Ron Grimaldi would agree as, as I talk to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> For I wouldn't sure. say Deliverance, you know, but but yeah. Animosity. Um, so a couple of other things I wanted to bring up. Like, I know that um, I always talk to you about like a nonfiction show. Um, I, I see that Bill is opening up the um, Cypress Hill Sick of It All show. That's fucking crazy. So Sick of It All and Cypress Hill are probably the two that like, like Cypress Hill Live is a fucking monster. Like they fucking Absolutely. just fucking bring it because it's somehow their festival runs and how they came up. It just like when we talked to Bobo, they were, that's what they said. Sick of it all. Like I've never seen a bad sick of it all show. Um, and yeah. it's just like absolutely amazing. Uh, Bill will be there. Uh, I'm just going to assume maybe, you know, you'll be in the building somewhat. But there was also like a situation that I didn't really even remember or talk to you about. But in 2014, like you guys did a reunion. Uh, and the first time you guys were on stage was 2014 at the Best Buy Theater. Like, what the fuck right. was that like, man? I I don't think we ever talked about that. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I mean, it's pretty low key as far as what I remember. I just, you know, it was like, oh, let's let's just go out there and just do a couple of things. And how, did, how did that how did that how did that come about though? Like to uh, do it on, at Cypress Hill show. It just kind of made sense, you know, because I think at that time we were uh, trying to figure out what we were going to do with the group and, you know, me and Bill, I, we'd been cool, you know, for a while before that. So it's like, why not, like, why not go out there? Just, you know, even it's like, you know, people going to talk and people still talk and people going to think what they want and blah, blah, blah. But it was never, you know, me and him never had like a real problem. It wasn't like, you know, it was like brothers argue. And it's like, yeah, the only problem is like, we had an argument and like, you're typing in something like you go, you know, it's like public on something that's stupid. It's like a stupid argument. It's like, like, really, what are we doing here? It's just like, it doesn't even really make sense, you know? So, you know, once, you know, once things kind of like presented themselves in a way where it was like, we don't really, you know, this is kind of stupid and immature. What's the point of all that, you know? Um, and then Cypress. We just connected and everything was fine. So we basically just went out there and just kind of killed it. Um, it was a weird show. Everybody, by the time we got out there, everybody was so stoned. I mean, people were just dilapidated. It was kind of like, like, you know, yeah. like we're, we're here. People are like into it, but certain people had no idea really how to really ingest that, that it was an actual reunion Yeah. without saying it. You know, it's without even, you know, you're coming out with gloves on and you're doing songs that people haven't seen ever. Yeah. You know, they've never seen it ever. So it was cool. Definitely some creeps. And, wh and what about like the disconnect too? Because like, you know, like, being in a band or a hip hop group, like when you play such a big like venue like that, like it does it see, seem sometimes like you're just kind of like rapping and everyone's just like staring at you as opposed to like SOBs or some shit where the crowd gets a little live. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, big shows like that, it, it's almost like festivals where if like you do a festival and 
you know, someone's like, oh, there's, you know, there's 14,000 people. Like, it's a sea of people. You don't really, you don't really feel like you're kind of communicating to anybody. So to be screaming, you just feel like you're kind of screaming at yourself in the closet. You know, <laughs> it's, it just doesn't feel real sometimes where it's like me personally, like, I, you know, I love shows and, you know, genres of all kinds. Hip hop performances for me, it's not the same as like seeing, you know, obituary or like sleep or, you know, it's it's cool. I, you know, even my favorite artists, it's like, yeah, you're right. I'm not always the biggest fan. So I feel like, okay, yeah, we're kind of rapping on stage. Hopefully you guys like it all, you know, people are into it. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. sometimes I'm like, I don't I don't quite get it because it, it, even for me personally, hip hop for me is better on the actual piece of, 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 you know, it's better on wax for me than, you know, not all the time. And, and even when we have good shows, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird it's a weird thing for me. You know, yeah, for sure. even when we have good shows, it's, it's a little odd. Lang, Lang and I cut you off. No, 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 it's, it's fine. But actually, on another note, speaking of Bill and your hat, Canarsie there, you got some great features coming up this year. And that Once Upon a Time in Canarsie, is that oh, part of like a full length coming up? Or, uh, uh, yeah, yeah that's, going that's, on with it? That's, that's the, that was the first single from his album yeah. uh, called, called Billy, which, uh, which, which is just, it's a funny title to me. It's, just, it's, it's, it's humorous. I don't know why. Just I think I know him for so many years. Right. It's like, it kind of takes me back to like us eating like cheap cold cut sandwiches in the projects and his mom would be screaming his name. Like, you know, and he would just be like, hey, you know, I hear you just like, can you just leave us alone? You're like, I'm eating. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. She just, and two seconds later, she's screaming that name at him. So when I see that as part of the project, I'm just constantly, it kind of takes me to that. Yeah. You know, but uh, and you, yeah, it, it's the first, it was the first single. And uh, yeah, the album's brutal, dude. Like, uh, you know, from what I heard of it, it's definitely yeah. his last album. I thought it was dope too. I thought people slept on it a bit, you know. Um, La, La Bella Medusa. Certain... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the shit was dope. I think certain people slept on it. Um, there was a certain rawness to it. And um... I, th I think so too. And and like so, like your features on that, uh, specifically. Um, so. Uh... God, what is it? So only built for Gucci drip. Banger. Complete banger. So it's like you, Bill, and fucking one of my favorites, of course, Crime Apple. Um, and uh, you drop one of my favorite girls, man, who would have been on my list, Ali Sheedy. You know, oh, Ali Sheedy was like, when we're watching Breakfast Club, oh, like you're, it's like, you know, it's either or. Like, listen, we all love redheads sometimes, but like Ali Sheedy was like, she was like oh, one geez. of the the first goth girl that I was like, yeah, I'm all about it. You right? give a fuck about that dangerous. Yeah. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Listen, she was the gateway to, to, to darkness for a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause she... when I, when I seen the breakfast club, I knew it was commercialized, but I was like, Hey, listen, I was like, whoever that character for Ali Sheedy really is. She probably listens to some really cool shit. Yeah. Not, yeah. You know, yeah. So I was more interested in that. Like what would she really listen to? You know, yeah. what did, what did those guys really listen to? Because I think a lot of that shit was whitewashed. And like some of it was probably pretty offensive what the character written into what they might listen to. But I was interested right. what she might listen to. You know, she she was the precursor to Winona for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And, and also my first goth crush that I could remember was the goth girl in the Michael Penn video for No Myth. I was just like, wow. Right. That was, girl. Pretty, that was heavy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't think. I mean, for me, Yvonne DiCarlo probably was the yes. first ever. All right. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I don't know. She's older, but how could this be? How could it be this on point? You know, how could his family? Who <laughs> yeah. basically felt like my? I felt like, I felt like I was the third brother. So, you know. <laughs> now, but back to Billy. But uh, Billy, Billy's interesting. Um, aside from me, me being on that, I produced like three beats on that, like two or three. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. And um, I don't want to give it away, but they sound really fucking heavy, dude. Like, so I think people are going to be surprised with that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's sick. From what I heard it's definitely progressing in a way where it's it's different than his last album, but um, it just sounds different. It sounds a little cleaner, but not polished. It's just like something about it. It's more direct and cleaner. It was the last album. Nice. You know, I thought people slept on it for a little bit. Yeah, it's a great it, record. It, it's a, oh, it's it's great too. And uh, like, uh, of course, we could bring up "Watch the City Burn," which was like, uh, was Eclipse on that too? Uh, I think so. So I, I, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't the biggest fan of that track, to be honest with you. I don't think that I don't think that was a good representation at the time. I think we all meant well. I think he wanted to do something in that vein. Um, I don't think that was the right beat. Um, not the end of the world. I kind of told him, I said, I'm not really, I'm not in love with that beat. It doesn't, it doesn't make the hair stand up on my neck. And I think it sounds dated, you know, but you know, everybody like, listen, everybody, listen, I'm not going to be the dude that's going to, that's going to cry about a slice of pizza. That's, that's well done. You know, it, you guys like it. Let's go, man. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll write something and, and I'll destroy it. Let's but go. The thing, oh, yeah. the thing with that, it was just like to get all, all you guys on a track again. Um, and I remember we had a conversation um, where you briefly said, regardless of what it is, everything is nonfiction. You know, it's right. like whether it's like right. you and Bill or like Bill and Sabak, Eclipse, whatever. Like, regardless of what it is, it's just like under the same umbrella. And when you when you broke it yeah. down like that to me, I was like, oh, like yeah, you, you're right. I guess. For a fan like well, me. Well, I mean, I, I'd like people to listen to the stuff we do, even the stuff I've been doing with him for the last two or three albums. I'd like people to listen to it in the context of nonfiction, even though mm-hmm. people get caught up in the logo and the name and, you know, because it would sound pretty similar. So in a sense, I mean, I kind of understand. It's like I still get emails from people like, hey, dude, what, what do you like? What's the holdup? I don't understand what the problem is. Like you and this guy are working together why are you guys not making an album for fans that have been riding with you guys for 23 years? Like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I, I really don't have anything to say to it. I have really nothing to say. So I just, you know, I just continue to show support back. I'm like, hey, man, we're still here. I'm doing solo stuff. He's doing that. We still get together and we have that energy. But it's also not up to me to, I can't make a solo record and put the nonfiction logo on it. You know, I can't put guns to everybody to get everybody in the studio. I would have done that five years ago. I've been ready. I've been waiting to do a new record since the group broke up. <laughs> and that's <laughs> 15 years, 20. I don't even know how long, you know. Yeah. So I'm not the dude. Like, I'm not that dude to be like, hey, you know, I get wacky emails like, hey, girl, why'd you break up the group? You're a loser. And I'm like, if you motherfuckers only knew, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was put trying to put everything back together from the minute that happened so nobody would have to lose out on missing years of music right so i'm a fan myself it's kind of like 
I don't feel good because like I feel like we kind of fucked the fans in a way in in some way, shape, or form by not putting a new album out. But I can't, you know, we all gotta come together and like figure that out. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Yeah. But I'm not gonna put I'm not I'm not that guy. You know, not, but I mean, like you guys are still working and like, so once upon a time in Canarsie, like uh, a, a friend of like, so my, my girlfriend's like brother-in-law, like grew up over there. He like knows Riz and all them dudes. And right. like I, I sent him the song cause he lives in Arizona and he, he fucking tripped. He nice. tripped cause nice. he was like, yo, he's like Patty Testa. He was like telling me these stories. Oh, that uh, hit him in the heart, right? Yo, you hit him in the heart. He was just like, yo, yeah, what dude. the fuck is going on? So. Uh, the Patty Tested thing was pretty dark, man. Like, uh, w- w- can you explain that reference a little bit? Uh, Patty Tested was interesting because, you know, that family always had a bunch of kids running around in Canarsie. You know, sometimes, like, Canarsie was interesting because sometimes you would make friends with somebody if you were, like, 12 years old and you went, you know, if you were in seventh grade with somebody and you're sitting next to, you know, the son of a murderer. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't really know. So, in my seventh grade class, I was sitting next to Anthony Casarino. You know, his father was a butcher. You know, so his father butchered people in bathtubs. Yeah. I'm going to school with this guy, and we're talking about like Honda X80 little motorcycles, and he's like all excited about a motorcycle his dad's getting him. I knew better. I knew that, you know, my mom moved me to Canarsie from Sheepside Bay, which was also a prime area for that. But now I'm directly in the middle going to school with all these Italian dudes where all their parents were all either, you know, Lucchese, this guy, that guy. And, and you know, even at 12 years old, these kids look like maniacs. They weren't normal kids. So, so it's like, you know, having that kind of influence on you was weird, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, Patty, and Tess, I- Patty Testa was just a byproduct of you knew stuff just by neighborhood stuff. And, you know, like older kids, you know, you'd see some other guy. And, okay, that's Patty Testa's nephew, you know. And then I'm at work one day and then you hear that Patty Testa got shot in a car lot and like a, like a, a used car lot. I'm like, okay, that was five minutes from here. So everything was very close in location to like a lot of, a lot of weird stuff going on. And if you research stuff, you would almost, you'd almost get freaked out how close you were to certain situations, whether it's like the Gemini lounge, yeah, um, the stuff on the Avenue L in Canarsie, flatlands bars all sorts of weird shit you know yeah and a a lot of that stuff it's funny you know like uh it all lives on in the music because it's it's you know like i said there's something you and bill do it's like turning it's like i feel like i get transported back to like you know 1993 and i'm like turning the dial on a tv where it's just like something goes on and like it's it's just it's crazy man it's i i love it and, and that's why the more I, we had Howie Abrams like the last episode and we talked about just like how cool Howie. the yeah. the references were with um with everything, even like uh, Bill's uh, song Peace Sells and like all oh, yeah. the metal references that he did. Yeah. 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 So when Bill drops Peace Sells, like you hear that shit, like what were you thinking? Like you you caught everything, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, I think at first I think for a while, like, you know, Bill wasn't too keen at first. I mean, yeah, this is like a while ago. He wouldn't yeah. always drop metal references that out in the open. Whereas I constantly did it. And then I was like, who cares? Like, it's it's kind of like, just just do it. It doesn't really matter. 
So then he kind of brought that to the forefront and then basically did a whole hook around, you know, a whole chorus around that. I mm. heard it. I was like, it's great. Why didn't we use it? You know, right. so I thought, I, you know, I thought that was a cool idea. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I mean, plus, plus it's weirder as kids. We were, you know, well, you couldn't see us, but we're in Peace Cells in the video. We're there. We're like, they show the clip in Lemoore's, like the live footage. Yeah. Like we're there. Like we were there when they filmed the video. So that's, that's even weirder. But, you know, basically, we're just like, yeah, we're, we're, in the, we're in the crowd, but. It, it's such a, I, the fact that you get so many metal references as a metalhead growing up who grew to love hip hop and stuff like that. Like when right. we, when you drop like a King Diamond thing or something like that, it means something extra special to a head. I mean, you know what I mean? Because nobody's, for, not a lot of people that have seen yeah. about that. And was there any talk of like, maybe like a heavy metal Kings, like another one of those? Or, uh, I mean, I know those, guys, those guys are doing one. I mean, yeah. I think at some point, um, and that's awesome. So I don't know. I don't know the configuration mm. of how that's going to work out. You know, I might be on one. I might be on six. I might yeah. not be on any. You know, and yeah. either either, either either or it's fun. You know, either or it's cool. It doesn't um, to to me like you're you know and and this isn't just not because you're here. Like I tell we talk about it all the time. Like I just feel like you're for as far as I'm concerned, you're the third member of that group. It just makes all the sense oh, in the cool, world. Um, well, a lot yeah. of people. A lot of people really. You know. A lot of people thought that the last record really worked. I thought it yes. worked. You know? Yes. Yes. I thought yeah. it worked. I liked um, the second cool one. If it got more promotion. I mean, it would have been cooler if it got worked, where, you know, we might have did like, you know, we might have did more. But um, no, I think it was, I think, uh, I think it was cool. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of it. Yeah. Um, I got the, oh, I'm sorry, man. No, no, go ahead. Do I'm that. Going through, you had so many features going through. I just wanted to ask, but that C Lance record, uh, the Undying Flame that you did the feature on. What is that? Riots by Mass Menace, the track? You yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, if the people haven't heard that record, it's so loaded with MCs, it's fucking ridiculous. I've never seen record. anything in years. It's, yeah. it's a good record. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was cool. I think me and me and Recognize Ali, yep. we're on that track. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it came out heavy. I mean, me and Recognize Ali, we have an album. A lot of too. shit coming up. Yeah, you guys yeah. do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yes, me and Ali, we got an album. It's called Mortuary Drape. And uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I mean, most people won't know or give a shit what that's about, but it's just a trip. It's a tribute to one of my favorite bands, as usual, that nobody cares about or will ever hear ever. And that that's fun. That's but, what yo. That's what we do here. That's what exactly. we do here. <laughs> like completely. We're, we, this we, whole show is a tribute to things that no one that no one cares about. This show is a tribute to Mortuary Drape, actually. <laughs> but, uh, um. Yeah, so listen, I, I don't want to keep you. I just want to chop it up with you, man. I haven't seen you in a minute. I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, I put together 10 quick questions just because it's yeah. fun. So I'm, I'm going to shoot them at you real quick. Ready? Uh, Christy Canyon or Chasey Lane? Uh, I mean, one is known for each. One is known for one of um, each of their things. But I don't know. I mean, that's they really put me on the spot. I don't think anybody's <laughs> asking that. Uh, Which one would you fuck in in the Macy's uh, in in a Macy's? Macy's. Uh, I have to be have to be Christy first, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the right answer. I'm sorry, but, it just, but is there is there a right answer? I don't know. It's, it's, there's no wrong answer. You know what, man? I don't know. No, I, I I agree, but like uh, you know, maybe today, like you know, Christy Cannon is just just she was she was just the best. She was the greatest. But Chasey Lane, like at, at her height, 
absolutely devastating. It was both. I think I think both both are painful options. It's just a matter of <laughs> at the time, you know, it, it's like Christy Canyon was offensive to me at the time because in porn you didn't really see that many chicks that were that like you saw pretty chicks, but not that was, looked like she yeah. was like the hottest mall chick you'd see in the mall. Yeah, but like why now you're like why is she doing this? It, yeah, it's mortifying to me. Yeah, Chasey, I, I didn't get it. yeah. Chasey Lane was definitely one of those that you you see and you're like, wow, you could like be in a movie like, you know, next to Tom Cruise or some shit. Why are you doing this? Right. Right. <laughs> but uh, also shout out to fucking the SOBs. We were going through like the green DVD. Uh, I remember being at that at that album release um, and Joey Silvera was there and oh, I, I, I was punishing him. <laughs> and he, was, he was looking at me like, I please stop talking to me. You smell oh, his yeah. fingers. Oh, dude, he, he banged Joey both of them. Dick. He banged. He banged both of them. So I wanted to shout him out a little. You know? Yeah, I mean, listen. You know, God bless Joey. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not going to say I. I don't know what he's what he's up to. I don't can't say I condone it. I have nothing to do with whatever he's up to or whatever else he's doing. But uh, you know, I'm, I ain't co-signing for any of that. Yes. But what I will say is, when I found out that particular night that he was going to be waiting for us backstage, and the way that Bill actually presented it to me. My head spun around three times just because, <laughs> you know, I thought like after the show, we're going to get some sandwiches and smoke some weed and like watch some movies. And this guy's like, oh, by the way, Joey Silvera is back there waiting for us. I'm like, I really don't know what that means, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, it doesn't. Is that so, a, so is that a cocaine over. reference? <laughs> I, I, you know, we turn around, you know, I'm getting introduced uh, to this guy. This guy looks like he hasn't slept in five days. Yes. Yeah, which is how you want him to look. I mean, but it, it was it, it it was amazing that he was like in public that high. So yeah. I was like, all right, this guy is this guy's brilliant. The yeah. girl he was with definitely looked like he picked her up out of some van he found on like the you know like the Trenton by Trenton, you know. <laughs> Yo, she I... was spaced. Yeah, she was spaced out, dude. She was she's like, oh wow. She's like, oh wow, great. Show. Oh wow, the show is so great. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's glad you like it. She's yeah. like, oh, wow, wow. Like, it, you know, like you, she said it to me at least 15 times. Maybe I'm her looking at Joey in horror. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe her button was stuck. He had to like, yeah, yeah. To mean, like, more than her, more than her button. One of her buttons was, yo, I saw him and I'm like, I mean, just picture me. I, I probably went by myself. It was like SOBs, which is dark. And I look over and I'm like, I'm like, yo, this fucking dude looks exactly like the dude I'm thinking. And I'm like looking, we're outside. And I'm just, I keep looking at him. And I was like, yo, are you? And he looked at me like like he was, he looked at me like he was killing someone. And I just turned to him like he was just like, right. The you look should, of horror. Right. He looked at you like you had 13 heads. Yeah. <laughs> You see, you see, but what you're forgetting to tell listeners is that while you approached him, his hair was was peroxide. Yes, blonde. yes, yeah, so yeah. Please, yeah. let's not, let's not, you know, let's not leave that out. Yes, but to bring it back full circle, the guy did bang Chasey Lane and Chrissy Canyon. So at the end of the day, I, I I don't condone whatever weirdness he might be up to, but his demo is awesome. Oh, his demo, dude, his demo is his I mean, demo is itself. 
His demo is fire. His demo is hor- horrifying, dude. <laughs> um, I mean, his list is, 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 is pure terror. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. De- he could de- he could drop dead and, and he, you know, just outlived all of us. Uh, number two, uh, Beneath the Remains or Arise? Oh, Beneath the Remains, easily. Listen, Arise is good. I thought I thought they were getting a little, just a little lazy. And I thought the internal friction between the band was actually showing on that record. You know, so it's like they were like, oh, Arise is a little more simplistic. Yeah. Where it was like, guys, it is, but it's like you really have some beef with each other. So it was kind of a rush job in a way. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good record. But at the time, I was like, you know, it doesn't touch Beneath or Schizophrenia, I thought, you know. Okay. I, and, and shout out to Andreas, who my ex-girlfriend, that was her hall pass. If she ever found him, she was allowed to fuck him. So. Okay. That was that was her hall pass. I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, well <laughs> uh, three, Goodfellas or Godfather? Well, I mean, just because I would say Goodfellas, just because uh, it was made in a different time where, you know, it wasn't 1972. A movie like The Godfather, there's a lot of really heavy, dramatic moments where if I'm like, a, you know, if I'm a little younger, I'm like, OK, this is great. But you're still waiting for the action. You're right. So yeah. Those movies for me, it took me just a couple of years later to be able to sit and analyze it. In 1990, it, I knew Godfather and Godfather 2 were great. I wouldn't sit for 20 minutes and argue the virtues of it was cool. Goodfellas was offensive to me because my grandmother lived in the building that wow. where the where the cab stand the cab stand was. So I have like family attached to the original history of that story. Like okay. my mom and grandma lived above the cab stand that's heavy. you know so I, yeah 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 i was happy so i grew up with hearing like i throw around tootie a lot but like my mom was like friends with him They're, like you know it was part of something back then i'm a little kid i don't know all that much but i remember my mom taking me to the mall to specifically buy the book to see if she was mentioned in it or my wow. grandmother you know? wow so that's, mm. yeah so and i asked her why i'm like why are we why are we going to the bookstore She's like, to see if these assholes, you know, me and these people are old friends. If they mention that when Henry used to get the shit kicked out of him for hanging out with these guys at the cab stand, he would go to my grandmother's apartment because she fed him and put meat on his face and wrapped him up because that part really was true. He was getting the shit kicked out of him every day. My mother was like taking care of him. So that part was real. Whereas Godfather, yeah, you know, yeah. I grew up, you know, my dad's Mexican. My mom's Jewish. Yeah. which at that time, there was a mixture of Italians and Jews actually hanging out. There was a, com- a commodity back then, which yeah, people yeah. don't realize. You know, Godfather was, you know, talking about old Sicily and old Rome, and it went back to, like, old ancient times. So, yeah, good movie. But for me, Goodfellas, it hits, it hits very close to home. You well, know? Let's not forget Joe Pesci trying to, you know, impress his Jewish girlfriend. <laughs> you uh, believe you I mean, believe this? A, a Jew, a, a Jew broad prejudice against Italians at this day that, and age. What is this world coming to? What is listen, <laughs> listen, again, to throw a note, like, you know, Joe Pesci, the character in the movie, my mom was very good friends with his sister. Decent mom. You know, yeah, Tommy had a sister, Alice. And I knew Alice just growing up. She's a nice lady. It's just weird that that ever blew up, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like Alice, I'd like to ask her questions, you know. But it wasn't like, like I never met, I never met Tommy, you know. But I knew Alice, you know. Alice 
was living in Long Beach in Nassau, basically living in squalor. I mean, growing up, we were poor too, but Alice was also poor. So it wasn't like these people were like billionaires. You know, this guy's sister was on welfare. That kind of showed you like there was a grind. Not everybody was a multimillionaire. Not yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a movie, you know, it's uh-huh. real, real life, you know. Um, you have a song called Dan Lilker. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, Handle With Care or Game Over? Oh, Game Over, dude. Game Over for sure. Handle With Care is good. I didn't, didn't like the production of the mastering on that. Uh, but again, this is me being a weirdo. Good songs. But it, it, Game Over for me wins just because um, it's like the way the bass and the drums lock in. And it has that clanky bass sound, like sort of like mm. the SOD rig he used. That's good. Later on, you couldn't really hear the inch. It, it, it just got noisy. They were a noisy band anyway. Anytime you'd ever see them, it sounded like shit. You know. Did you Shout play- out to the Plague EP too. I like Plague, the EP. Great, Grady, great EP. Definitely yep. great. Great uh, cover too. It's got the Vince Neil song on it. But fuck. Yeah. Speaking yeah. Of bringing it back. Bringing it back. Uh, Blizzard or Diary? I'm a weirdo for sound. I have to say Diary. Me too. Yeah, it's yeah. just you know it, it, the first that you know the first album seemed rushed. Those parts of it that seemed very unsure. If you listen to it with headphones, you can hear quite a few mistakes and edits, which is interesting. Whereas Diary, they had a little bit more of a budget, you know. Mm. Even though Randy never made a penny, and the funny thing about that is people think this whole Ozzy Randy thing was so special and so great. He was ready to leave Ozzy. They were not going to do another record together. He told Ozzy he was quitting. I mean, he didn't make a penny. You know, Randy Randy got fucked the whole time. So, I mean, Blab- first, it, you know, it's just outlandish. Blabbermouth is masturbating at this episode. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, listen, uh. speaking of, <laughs> listen, Borvoy should hire me because <laughs> yeah. I, I have a history with Borvoy going back to 89. So, Borvoy, you're fucking watching this, bro. Yeah. Hit me up. <laughs> All right, so we're halfway there. Uh, alien or the thing? Uh, probably Alien, because uh, I I was obsessed with the toys, and you know for some reason people just kept buying me more and more Alien stuff. I liked one with the where the head it had the sliding it had the sliding see through thing over the head, so yeah. you could kind of you could kind of like hide stuff in the head. It was just it was just insanity, dude. It was more the movie for me. You know, the thing was cool, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert on the thing, you know? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Iron Maiden Killers or Number of the Beast? Impossible, dude. That's almost impossible to answer. <laughs> yeah. it's Langan, almost un- Langan, you it's got an answer? It's answer, dude. I mean, you know, one is, <laughs> you know, one is just a raw album. One is the beginning of a new band where, yeah. like, Satan finally came into the fold, whereas... There was no Satan with the first two albums, but Bruce was smart enough where he was going to run with that gimmick for a year. So as soon as that happened, you felt more at home because now it's like, okay, this is a satanic band. There's no, we're not, I mean, in 82, not now. No, no, for sure. This this was the rise of Satanism. So that made it one of the most important records at the time. Whereas Paul's stuff was, the old stuff was different, but Number the Beast, it's just... It's something else, dude. There's something about it. I, I got to say, uh, you know, anytime I hear the song Wrathchild, I, I just want to, like, go drink beer in a bar and 
mm. hang out, hang out, hang out with people that look like uh, Chrissy Snow in like uh, 1983. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, both both great records, both both horrifying in their own rights. You know. Uh, last three: Menace to Society or Boys in the Hood. I mean, dude, that's tough. They're both gritty. Menace to Society is definitely more brutal to me, just because of the disparity, the depression, and times where it's just lacking morals it's lacking it's not telling you to do the right thing yeah yeah you're right whereas whereas i don't know men is kind of like gassed you up to like go and rob people like yeah crime yeah and not really feel anything about it whereas boys in the hood you know boys in the hood you felt bad you know certain people watched it and cried you didn't want to disappoint larry fishburn you know you i wasn't like... <laughs> i didn't want to disappoint anyone you know <laughs> You know, especially now that he's dealing with his daughter, you know, like a lot, a lot on wow. his plate, a lot on his plate these days. But yeah, like I, I, a lot of quotables like I I spent my whole life asking people if they wanted a cheeseburger and mm. I feel sorry for their mother. So, that's, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, last two, uh, Warren D. Martini or Jake E. Lee. Ooh. You know, it, it's like both both are pretty genius as far as the skill level. I mean, it's really hard to say. I mean, Jake, Jake is great, but I don't know. I might have to say for original solos that they wrote, I might have to say Demartini. Yeah, all day. Because you know, Jake came in. Jake had Jake had a tough gig. He came in and had to do all the Randy stuff. And then when he did the stuff on Ultimate Sin, they're good, but they're not quite as memorable. You know, whereas, you know. Uh, you know, this other guy is completely different. It's just a yeah. different feel. Warren is Warren's just a little annoying because he stopped caring after a while. Yeah. He right. basically disappeared. And, yep. and, and But skill for skill, I, I'd, say, I'd say Warren just based off of what he actually. He had to do a lot of heavy lifting in that band as far as talent, too. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I love Rat. Don't get me wrong. But like course. Warren Demartini was clearly <laughs> yeah. light years yeah. the better player than the other yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is, Jake alone, if you had to, like, put them in a room, I don't know if, like, just hooking them up to, like, stacks and stuff, I don't know if, like, Warren would, like, blow him away into the sand. I don't know about that. But on record, he um, he presented himself much cleaner and much more fluent than just, like, what Jake did. Jake had to, like, pick up other people's shit and, you know, people, like, throwing signs in his face, you know, Randy rules, fuck you. And like right. you know, all this other stuff, you know, I don't know. I think Jake got sick of Ozzy and getting ripped off. So that's why he didn't want to do more. And, you know, he did Ultimate Sin and still got ripped off. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jake wrote all of Bark at the Moon. but And it, Warren replaced Jake and Mickey Rat, right? It was, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's all coming you know, full circle. That's it. It's a, it's a full circle. <laughs> You know? and, and now he now Warren is playing like bocce ball with uh, Vito Brada somewhere in uh, Canarsie. Wow. Yeah, he wants to know part of what's going That's on it. with the rats. Yeah. Yeah, no, listen, Warren, Warren, you know, what I heard is the dude has always been super rich. Warren, oh, yeah. Warren didn't have to. Yeah, Warren didn't have to do music like he was a millionaire before the band, like his family were millionaires. Wow. So that's why they kind of told him, hey, man. Like his family were giving him advice, like, "Hey, dude, this band's kind of on the way out. Don't don't sell your soul. There's other stuff to do." So they kind of, what I heard, they kind of they kind of reeled him in a bit. So he was the guy with the PA. 
He was the one. <laughs> you, can, you can say that. Yeah? You can he, say he that. Probably had, he probably had the garage they could rehearse in because his parents were rich. He had the David Lee Roth mansion, you know? He had the Roth always, had a, always had a new amp, you know? Yeah. Um, last question, man. So th- this is this is funny for me. I mean, you'll probably hate it, but I shot Reagan or black helicopters. Uh, are you sure that's the last one? Yeah. <laughs> I sure, sure want to leave off on that note. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, right. man. You know, how how about this? What's your favorite verse out of those two? Uh, probably I shot Reagan just because I actually had time to write that, whereas black helicopters for reasons unknown it's like we changed the beat then i wrote something different that then someone else changed the topic you know i you know i to black helicopters i wrote that verse in five minutes to be honest with you i didn't i didn't sit and think about anything which is not a problem to do but it's like i sit and wrote that at a time not because i was completely rushed it was just i didn't have anything at the time yeah so i would have i would have wrote something a lot better and different if i actually had the time yeah. Whereas with I shot Reagan, everything, every word is precise what I exactly wanted to say, you know, at the time. Whereas, you know, black helicopters is just it's obscure. You know, some people really didn't know what the fuck I was talking about, you know, sometimes. Listen, but, uh, you whatever, know. man. Yo, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, I, got one other, I got one thing I want to throw in. Um because yeah. uh back in 2020, Final Expenses, one of my favorite records of the year, if not my favorite record of the year. Um Two things I wanted to ask you. Hey, the artwork on that record, where is that from? And do you got anything in the works for another full length coming up soon, hopefully? Definitely uh, definitely a full length. After the Ali stuff, I'm putting together some stuff. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a full length. So for that, absolutely, there's going to be uh, a solo full length. Mm-hmm. Final expenses, I found this guy's artwork online. And... I contacted him because there was a certain piece, which was a cover you see. Yeah. And I, I felt really connected to that when, when I saw the original picture. So I found out who he was, located him, and found out he lived upstate. And I contacted him and sent him a message. And it was very, very strange because he messaged me back. He was, he was cordial. He was nice. He said, I really don't have the print that you're asking me about because all I had was a small picture of it. He mm-hmm. said, I don't have the print anymore. I said, well, do you know where I can get it? I said, I have no problem paying you for the print, for the work. Can you recreate it like something? I need to really use this piece. It, it speaks to me. It's, it's the cover for the record. Right. You know? He's like, listen, you have full right to do whatever you want. I don't have the original. I don't even have a copy of that print. So I said, okay, what do I do? Like, how am I? He said, just use what you got. He's like, I, I, he's like, I honestly... You know, between me and you, I'm going through some shit. Uh-huh. I'm going through some stuff I can't even talk about on here. I'm sorry. And it was very ominous, to be honest with you, you know? Right. And that was it. And I was like, all right. I was like, I have your blessing, right? I mean, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, use, do what you want. And that was it. So whatever, uh-huh. you know, this guy happened to be going through some stuff. And that became the cover, that you know? Out. Yeah, that worked and out. It worked yeah, it's out. great. I mean, it works yeah, with I'd the like songs. To, I'd like to get a better. If I could have got a clearer copy of it, that was supposed to work. So mm. the idea was to make it just a little clearer. But when you you know you blow something up to the cover of like you know a record, sure. you lose quality sometimes. So right, you know. cool. Uh, yo, definitely. Uh, we'll do dinner soon. 
Applebee's. Guys, you know, Ricky, we have to talk about uh, Ricky Rocket and skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the <laughs> next one. <laughs> that'll be the next time Jim J comes in the house. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Jim J Bullock, you got to work working. <laughs> cool. Yo, uh, good seeing you, and we'll yeah, talk man. soon, man. Yeah, good seeing you guys, man. All right, All right man. Thank you. All right, dude. Anytime. Later. Peace. Testament jeans on the block Like Joey Ryan blew his brains in the caddy over with thought Guarino cars holding a skateboard in a knot We all faking ones And whack Patty Tester in the shady lot Canarsiati with the pipe bombs aiming at SWAT Decepticon shattered Gabby's knees over some Asian pot Jamaicans with the grenades on lock Sell you a baby Glock Somebody wet shot in front of Billy's building Oozing Pop was Cuban King's Plaza goons all boosting Floaters of Broadway Junction before hippies and Ubers Four pound heroes from Milk Farm Provolone and Pajou Semolina dipping the oil, tequini heavy in suits Book of robber pictures with the door knockers I was up in Lamar with me from destruction sipping the vodka I ran the deli on every sandwich, I made a dollar This beat of Ganassi, kid My name's Billy, I grew up with a short speed 